Hello and welcome to the DH Effect. I'm Hillary, and of course, you know my lovely co host, Sonia. Our focus this month is really on thinking about how we consistently and intentionally show up with our decided hearts. You know, that really means that we don't run our lives by some to do list and the responsibilities. Instead, we really think about what is it to have a life by design that is really truly supported by our core values. Oh my gosh, for sure. And this is why we love our guest today, Sarah Madera, founder and coach of Plan Creatively, who works with moms to what she calls end the juggle, people, end it. So after leading organizations and departments across the globe, Sarah knew she had to tackle the expectations that moms have to do it all, which often leads to what you say or identified, Sarah, overworked, overwhelmed, and off course. We're mm -hmm. gonna, I'm looking forward to learning. Welcome to our show, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's such, I, as I'm reading these, I am remembering you know, times, and there are times right now that I feel this as, as well, but my kids are older, but especially when they were younger and you were first new to trying to figure out it's a whole nother job. I would love to hear how you came to do this, Sarah, really this plan creatively is the name of your coaching business. How did it come to be? Yeah, I love this question. It was so fun to sort of dig into, you know, my own history a bit. Um, so growing up, my parents were therapists and I was in theater. So I actually had a lot of leadership and management opportunities really early on. And so my parents and I would sort of geek out a bit about management strategies. Like, you know, what kind of personality type do you think this person is? Like, what's the best way to communicate with them? What's the best way to motivate them? You know, what's the best way to, to connect with them? And so those conversations, um, you know, this is the environment that I grew up in. So no no joke, I guess no question that when I became um, a manager in my own right, when I grew up and you know, had, was leading organizations, leading teams across the globe, that of course, developing people became my favorite part of most any job. Um, and at some point in that is when I, I got certified in coaching, and it just felt right to me. It felt like this is my happy place. I fell into it a bit, but I was like, this was the right the right, right place to fall. But I didn't find my people, my working moms until during the pandemic. So I happened to be talking to a couple of new moms who were struggling with finding themselves after the baby was born. One was throwing themselves into every single pro professional development opportunity that she could. And the other one was struggling to even read a newspaper. And both of them, I could just connect. I understood. I felt it. My youngest was about three at the time, but I, you know, connected and I understood what it was that they were talking about. And about that same time was in the, in the moment in the pandemic when they were talking about the she session and how much of all of the weight of that home-based learning, the household chores, work, basically the weight of the world was on all of these moms' shoulders. And you know, they were leaving the workplace because they couldn't handle it all. And that's when I thought, this this is where I can help. I can make a difference here. This is my community. I'm a working mom who's living this, learning from it, and I can help others in this place. I understand why your career and your home life are intertwined and how to create success on both sides. And that's how I created Plan Creatively. Oh, wow. That is so, I, I mean, I'm just so fascinated too. Um, for the DH effect, Hillary and I, we, we really anchor our work to what we call the virtues. Um, creativity is one and you know there's I'm and curiosity as well and so 
Hillary and I were always leading with curiosity, like of all the virtues that creativity <laughs> was really a lead for you. What was, you know, in, in the naming of it and this new path, where did creativity come from? I love this question. I think this is such a great question. It made me really reflect on, you know, what it is that I love and why this came to be. I have a BFA in theater. I was a stage manager. Um, and I also have an MBA um, in business administration. I've worked in the arts and I've worked in large global multinational companies. And I really love that dichotomy, those where those two different worlds come together, finding the bridge between those two and finding those creative solutions. I think finding order in the chaos, like planning and executing is such an art form in itself. And I think this is what attracted me to working moms too. I love that messy place where our responsibilities at work and home collide and how to find the beauty and joy in that and find that balance and personal success. It may not look exactly what we thought it would look like, but I think there's also a lot of creati creativity in finding that new version of success and of ourselves. I love that because I, I think, you know, we work with a lot of companies and, and oftentimes it's biotech or software companies we're working with kind of bringing in some EQ skills. And what, one of the things that is so fascinating to me, by the way, fellow theater lover, um, <laughs> I, it was, I was a theater teacher. So I, I'm oh, like, I'm listening nice. to you and I'm like, oh, I feel it. <laughs> uh, and I know exactly what you're saying because of the personality types and the management and how to get a production to come together and the directing of the different parts. So I'm envisioning it all in my head and I'm feeling so connected to you. Um, <laughs> but really going back to this idea of innovation, I think there is a, especially when you're living in a high IQ, maybe um, less value placed on EQ grouping, you look at things and you're like, well, innovation only means if we're discovering a molecule or if we're innovating a product or if we're, and really innovation and creativity are so beautiful because it's this, this, when we've leaned in with curiosity, when we understand the other person as coaches or just as human beings, we can start looking for alternative ways to make things happen. That in and of itself is creativity, but it's also the innovation of, of our systems. And, and again, going back to that idea of living a life by design. Yes. I love that. I think that's so true because your solution to a problem, even if it's the same solution, your process might be different or the solution's different. It could be either way. And finding that for yourself, I think is so creative and, you know, within itself of creating that process, going through that process, finding the right solution for you. It's going to be different than what it is for Sonia, than what it is, you know, for you. It could be different for all of us. And there's such beauty in that, I think. There's, it feels like permission giving, you, doesn't it, Sonia, yes. when I'm listening yes. to it, it feels like the permission you're not doing it wrong. There's not one solution or answer out there. This is a this is a journey. It's a process, and so it feels. Um, Sonia, doesn't it feel collaborative to you? Oh, for sure. No, I, I definitely love that. And I think, I mean, how do we stretch outside of the box of our own thinking without the perspectives of of another, right? And that leads to the collaboration and then the innovation and the creativity. Yeah. I I have to say, um, as I'm listening to you. Um, I went back into being a new mom. I was high performer. Like I was just killing it, you know, before having my first daughter. And I didn't know this. So this isn't the other thing too, is that self-awareness. Mm. I thought that I was coping well with being a new mom 
by copying and pasting what I already knew was working. And so like, how do I bring my high performance side into being this new mom? And oh man, if you could just see the checklist and the task list by time, Mm -hmm. I was like measurements and ratings that I've created at the same time, I was listening to country music 24 seven. I'm not a country music fan. Sorry, everyone out there, but for three months straight, and this is a sign, right? Like, it was this sad country music that was almost my base. I felt like that was maybe a hint mm-hmm. for me of truly what was I feeling and covering up. So that that's this memory just kind of jolted right now. Yeah. You you mentioned, you know, unique challenges that families have. And I know that, you know, we can talk about new moms in general and there's a, a generality to that. Can you speak to like unique challenges that you've helped moms cope with? Yeah, oh, I just love your story, Sonia. That was so beautiful about the country music, like reflecting who you felt like at that moment. That was, wow, that was so illustrative. I love that. Um, some of the conversations that I'm having right now, particularly with mom, both mom friends and clients, is that they think that their partners are helpful. They feel like they are so lucky that their partners are helpful, but yet they're still incredibly exhausted from carrying that mental load. And so it's really this, um, you know, difficult conversation and difficult way that they're wrapping their mind, minds around that maybe that they, they whether their relationship or, you know, this moment in time isn't quite designed as well as I thought it was. And it's becoming this realization to them. So we've been exploring what it would look like for their partners to carry more of that mental load and not just be the execute, executors and the doers, but also the thinkers. Mm. Um, and so having these conversations, it made me explore this for myself as well. And sort of having these conversations with my husband. Um, and I, I, I wrote a piece um, that I just posted on LinkedIn about it. And he read it before I posted it. He was like, wow, you know, he did not realize that he was not stepping up, you know, as at, to the way that, you know, our family needed him quite too. And so it's been a really great exploration, not only with my clients, but with myself and my own family in terms of, okay, great, we have these tools, how are we going to address this and make sure that our home is more, you know, gender equitable, that, you know, that I am not carrying the entire mental load, um, you know, that he is participating in that process. Um, The other topic that I regularly discuss with clients is uh, making time for themselves. Um, So many, all of my clients are such smart, ambitious women who are used to being busy and accomplishing so much, both at work and at home. So their time with me is a bit of that time to focus on themselves. For an hour and a half, they actually get to explore what they want and how to get there. Because honestly, I know that if they didn't have that time scheduled with me, they would likely fill that time taking care of somebody else. So this is actually a moment for them to care for themselves and what it is that they want, um, which is, you know, incredibly important in creating that space. You know, I, I think that it is so important. It's funny. I was talking to someone and as, as you probably know, you know, all, all three of us being coaches, you can be in a conversation that's supposed to be a normal, like regular everyday getting to know you conversation. And pretty sh- soon it flips into a coaching <laughs> scenario without, without meaning for it too. Uh, and I had that experience happen yesterday. Not again, this is um, your, your area is usually not something that, that I would normally dive into and, and coach on, but I was talking to this amazing woman yesterday and, and we were really trying to talk and pin pin down what it is that was missing from her work now that she's been back 
um, after having her child last year. And I had this moment of clarity. I'd love to share and then get your feedback from both of you. Actually, I said, well, I think as I'm really listening to you, what's missing is our hearts break open in the most amazing, beautiful way when we become mothers. And it, there's a capacity to love and connect that we didn't know existed before that happened. Mm -hmm. And when you go back into your old life and your old workspace, you go, wow, these connections don't feel the same. There's a newness to me. I have changed. I have become more vulnerable. I have become more authentic. I have become more raw. And so now the things that used to fill me don't fill me anymore. And how can I lean into finding this, nurturing this connection, even in the workplace? And she looked at me and she's like, "That, that's, yes, that's it. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, I love that. that. Find, I mean, is that, does that resonate for you? For sure. For sh- with all of the women that I work with, with myself, it was, it was like exploring this new identity. It was, you know, and I did not think I would be that kind of mom. You know, I did not think that it was just like, yes, I'll have a kid, you know, no big deal. It'll be like, you know, I work out, I have a kid, you know, it's just like something <laughs> else, you know, it will not change. Check. Right. Exactly. It will not, it will not change me. Um, and I was a little bit broken by the way that it did change me. I was sort of, um, the change that it created that I was not expecting, you know, the expectation of that change was so, it just blew my mind that I was like, wow, yes, I really need to explore this new identity. Because like you say, the same things aren't what makes me happy anymore. The same things, I don't connect about the same things. I don't want to talk about the same things necessarily. And while there's still some of that element, right, of who you used to be, um, and at some point, I think in my first, the first few months that my first was born, I spent so much time trying to find that person again. I was exhausted trying to find that person um, that didn't exist in the same way anymore. And I kind of had to give that up, right? And really just explore, okay, here, here's who I am now. Um, and I think that journey has just been so enlightening for me um, and so much more able to listen to other people's journey in that, no matter you know what stage it is that they're in. So uh, something else is just, this conversation's like whoosh, giving me some, some flashbacks, but I, I felt like it was opposite for me. I, I was so uh-huh. overwhelmed. And I think that now I'm like really channeling, you know, some, some processing now that when I looked at this, this child, this baby, it was panic because maybe the realization that how can I possibly love that vulnerability of how can I provide love for this other person? Mm. And maybe that missing thing, the country music symbolism is when I really haven't truly learned to love myself yet. Mm. So showing up, up as mom, you know, being a good mom and it's not a task list, although I, I wanted to fill it up with that. But it truly was this unveiling of, do you truly know who you are as a human? And, and oh my gosh, the work that we do in terms of um, the decide heart effect and virtue work, it's showing up for who we are, no matter what role we have. But in, and, and this is another thing too, like the narrative growing up, it's this is the way it should be. And you, so you buy into that narrative because adults told you that, but then you realize, oh, these are external motivations. Mm-hmm. And so I love what you said, Sarah, that self-work, like spending time to settle in your own voice, mm-hmm. listening to yourself, having someone mirror like, oh, my God, I never thought about that before. Um, I have to, okay, and in all honesty, Hillary knows this, 
the biggest growth as parent was this past, like during the pandemic with mm -hmm. Hillary being at my side, companioning me and really chiseling through this, this person that I am and like, Oh, now I know how I want to show up as mom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've, done, I've done okay. You know, you kind of, you got you've done amazing. Tools. You're such a great mom. <laughs> I mean, you get, you get the tools and you wait, but to fully own it and celebrate mm -hmm. it. I really haven't felt that. Um, aside from the last two years, I've been feeling it fully. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's where we need help. This is a collaboration that Hillary mentioned. We need, we need to help. We have to have others come in to help us kind of sort that out. Yes, for sure. And so much of it, I feel like, is focused on when you have a newborn, right? But obviously, your kids are going through transitions all the time. So we're going through transitions as parents all the time with them, right? And so these, it's a, it's a const, constant rebirth, right? It's a constant growth, you know, forward and moving and changing through the process of being a parent and learning more about yourself. Like, oh, this stage, okay, how am I handling this stage? You know, um, it's, it's, it's a learning process. It feels like every day. I, I love that you said that. And it's funny, it brings me back to, and I wish I could remember off the top of my head. Usually, usually I'm pretty good at recalling the um, the authors and I can't think of, of it right now, but I know it's, it's like finding your own North Star, something to that effect. And um, she really talks about this idea and no one prepares you for this, this idea that you are constantly shedding the old identity and becoming, embracing a new identity. And there is grief and that grief may not be, you may be okay shedding that old identity, but there's still a loss. And mm -hmm. the fact that we don't ritualize it or acknowledge it, or even have this talk with a coach like you, Sarah, that says, it's okay to be a little sad that we're releasing this. And oh, also, can we start to look how exciting this could be in the future. And I know a lot of the parents that you talk to are really struggling with, with boundaries as, as one of those things, right? Because yeah. as you're trying to figure out who you are, it's like, okay, now what, what do we, and boundaries are about us. They're not about other people. Right. Yeah. And so we end up overworked or overwhelmed. And sometimes, as you say, just off course, mm -hmm. why is it that parents kind of get to this place of just not upholding these boundaries or even yeah. knowing who they are. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, kids are demanding creatures. <laughs> like, you know, let's just be real. They what? are demanding. Not my children. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, it is, you know, it's intense. It is so hard to juggle all that they need. I just read somewhere recently that kids need like three adults in their lives. Just two parents can't handle it all. And I just thought that was so real. You know, I was like, yes, I could use another person. Um, you know, that that's even before you add in juggling your job, your boss, your partner, your own ambitions and plans. And especially before even like social or fun or exercise, like any of these things, like it is a lot. And, you know, this is where we were standing before the pandemic hit, right? And then this huge weight, this huge thing happened that affected us mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, intellectually. And like that on its own could cause people to burn out. And parents were adding it to an already full plate. I, you know, it seems almost counterintuitive that when you're overwhelmed because you have so much to do that you should take a break and rest and gather your thoughts and strength before tackling that list. But if you don't, burnout is likely. It feels a bit like that, you know, fill your own cup before you can, you know, fill others and take care of others. And I feel like that's so true for parents, particularly, you know, even more so working parents. Mm, so nice. So 
I, I know, you know, like I'm experiencing probably what a lot of our audience is experiencing, like they're, they're turning down, like maybe they're amplifying a self-reflection, like, wow, how am I actually really feeling? What am I doing? I do feel off course. And we would love for you before we have to end, like, is there any like two or three tips that you can share for our listeners and viewers who are kind of settling into that space and now needing to know, okay, I acknowledge I might need help or I need to take a next step. Yeah, I would love to. So my best tip, my top tips for when you are feeling overwhelmed about all that you have to do is number one, this one's really easy. Make a task list of everything you have to do. Just get it down on paper or in your phone or wherever, instead of letting it float around in your head. Don't let remembering all of your tasks be one of your tasks. And then number two, once you've created your task list, ask yourself why you're doing each task. So are you grocery shopping because healthy meals are important to you and your family? Are you participating in that committee at work because it will help you get your promotion? Be clear about why you're doing each of these tasks. And then number three, ask yourself then, does that why connect back to your values or to your goals? This is not a judgment of your why, not at all. So many of your tasks have a great why. But will sitting on that DEI committee help you get the promotion you want? Will participating in that community bake sale bring your family closer together? Only you have those answers. So, but even that why is really good. If it doesn't connect back to your values or goals, you shouldn't do it. And it is tough at first. It feels a bit like Sophie's choice, but making sure that every item on your task list connects back to that big picture starts to make your decisions and trade-offs really clear what to say yes to and what to say no to. It will help you get really focused, accomplish your task list and your goals, and it will help you not get overwhelmed, not be exhausted, and not be burnt out. Okay, does it mean that you could never sit on that committee or participate in that bake sale? Of course not. But while you're focused on your goals, maybe they, that's just not the priority. Once you get that promotion, for example, maybe you have a bit more capacity and can start taking more of those things on. Um, Hillary's voice is, is in my head right now. Um, it reminds me, and I would love for you to elaborate, Hillary, but she always asks, you know, in our work, in our friendship, um, she is my companion personally and professionally, but she always ends with, to what end? <laughs> to what end, Sonia? <laughs> you give it back to me too. So uh, don't tell me. No, but, but I mean, I do think that that's important. And I think that that's, I'm, I'm remembering um, a time in my life where I was really, really over, overwhelmed and had, and, and it, it still happens. And I had a brand new, uh, you know, newborn, my husband was traveling a lot and we were trying to have a social life and we invited friends over for dinner. And I had gone to Michael's to get the flowers that you put on the napkins and the, this and the, that, and that was so gorgeous and beautiful and amazing. And I was exhausted. And when they left, I cried because I was so <laughs> exhausted and I remember this moment and I I had um and by the way it took me a, a long time to really internalize this but I remember this moment of saying I think being Martha is a beautiful thing it also does not bring me joy it brings other people joy and I can mm -hmm. celebrate them 
and release this. I'm okay because where I I love to connect with people. I'm um, sorry, this is uh, you know biblical references here, but I'm more of the the Mary than the Mary rather than the the um, the Martha. I want to sit at the feet and I want to listen mm-hmm. and I want to hear and I want to connect and have the conversations. And so that moment of releasing and saying people can come over and have pizza at the house, but they're going to leave feeling good about our conversations. And I'm going to go over to so-and-so's house and she is going to have gone to Michael's and I'm going to celebrate the heck out of her because that is, <laughs> that is her space and her thing. And I can still remember releasing myself from that and how beautiful it felt. Mm. That is beautiful. I love it. that You know yourself, right? And you know what your priorities are and that is what you should live. And I think that's amazing. And that, yes, you're not crying at the end of these meals anymore, that you actually enjoy them. Like that is the best, that, that's the happiness, right? That we're looking for by knowing yourself and by choosing the things that are right for you. I love it. All right. So I, I know that everyone's at the get-go kind of looking at your name right now. And what is the best way for our people to get a hold of you and connect with you? Yes. So my website is www.plancreatively.com. And there you can get my freebie for how to end the morning chaos in your house if you're stressed before you even get to work, like how to make that life that morning a little bit smoother um, and joyous and calmer. Um, Also on Instagram at plancreatively8. I share a lot of tips and thoughts on being a working mom. And I'm also on LinkedIn, both under my name and on my company page, Plan Creatively Coaching for Working Moms, where I share news stories that are for and about working moms. Mm. So I would love for everyone to reach out to me and tell me your biggest issue or concern at work or at home and your biggest wins. I I love hearing um, from moms and, and what they're going through. Ooh, and I cannot wait, sorry, Hillary, to, to dive into the, the article that's out now on LinkedIn where your <laughs> husband was like, oh, so that's what I'm going to do after this. <laughs> no, I love it. I love that. No, I just wanted to really, Sarah, I really want to honor you for the purposefulness that you have in how you're helping others and how you've grown, but also it really, you're, you approach this with such love, such enthusiasm and such joy. Uh, I can feel that it's it's such a unique thing to have somebody who comes in. We we define joy as having peaceful confidence, and I see that in you. Right, you're you have the peaceful confidence, and yet you bring a smile. You make others feel amazing, and I can just imagine that walking this path and having this journey with you would be such a, a rewarding experience for anyone who needs your your help. So thank you so much for what you do and for coming and sharing your time with us. Thank you to our listeners and viewers for joining us for this episode. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. Check out our website, thedheffect.com for more great opportunities to nurture your decided heart. Until next time, may you always have the courage to live with a decided heart. <laughs>